Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Merry Little Meet Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone. This was published last year in 2022 and is the first book in the Christmas Notch series. Uh, and this is a full length Christmas book, not a Christmas novella. Just want to be clear. I'm still counting it as part of the Christmas novella Bonanza, but it is a full length romance novel. Yes. Um, so the book jacket. B. Hobbs, aka Bianca Von Honey, has a successful career as a plus-sized adult film star. With a huge following and two supportive moms, B couldn't ask for more. But when B's favorite producer casts her to star in a Christmas movie he's making for the squeaky clean Hope Channel, B's career is about to take a more family-friendly direction. Forced to keep her work as Bianca under wraps, B quickly learns this is a task a lot easier said than done. Though it all becomes worthwhile when she discovers her co-star is none other than childhood crush Nolan Shaw, an ex-boy band member in desperate need of career rehab. Nolan's promised his bulldog manager to keep it zipped up on set, and he will if it means he'll be able to provide a more stable living situation for his sister and mom. But things heat up quickly in Christmas Notch, Vermont, when Nolan recognizes his new co-star from her closed door account. Oh yeah, he's a member. Now B and Nolan are sneaking off for quickies on set, keeping their new relationship a secret from the Hope Channel's execs. Things only get trickier when the reporter who torpedoed Nolan's singing career comes snooping around and takes an instant interest in mysterious newcomer B. And if B and Nolan can't keep their off-camera romance behind the scenes, then this merry little meet cute might end up on the cutting room floor. I think it's a fine book jacket. It is a little bit long, in my opinion. It's long, and I think it makes it sound like the potential controversy is that the co-stars will be dating in real life. Yes. The potential controversy is that the producer, Bianca, and half the cast are secretly employed in the porn industry and trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. The producer is, he's like trying to to what did it say diversify his income sources yes right he's a porn producer mm -hmm. but he's like oh i i am i'm a good filmmaker i want to kind of go you know go clean <laughs> right to make more money go to, to make more money um and to support his family that way right he's right got, he loves his kids and blah 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 because this is adult kids. his adult kids this is something we're going to talk about i think yeah like in great detail so um yeah, so that would that would be my only thing is the the if if she were not a porn star, the idea that she and Nolan met and started a legitimate relationship on set would not be a problem. It would probably be like a super cute story, and right. I would have loved it. It's because so much of the cast and crew of this production are in fact porn stars trying to pretend they're not porn stars <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> I mean, not just porn stars trying to pretend they're they're not porn stars, but like half of the the makeup artists yeah but and, those makeup artists and costume designers are also porn stars in addition to their set jobs that's true that's true <laughs> all right so as usual we generated a random number between 1 and 50 and wrote our own summaries using that number as the word count and this episode that number is 38. i'll go first b and nolan are each other's fantasy crush and who doesn't love people pretending to fall in love 
actually falling in love. The G-rated Christmas set becomes NC-17 when they figure out reality is even better. It's true. I like it. <laughs> Very nice. Here's mine. Nolan is starring in a family-friendly movie to rehabilitate his image. B is a sex worker starring opposite him. Somehow no one thinks that viewers of B's stuff and family-friendly viewers overlap. Everyone's a little dumb here. Yeah. Which um, I also kind of loved. Okay, here's the thing that I'll say before we like continue the conversation and do yes. our usual formula. Yes. I think listening to those summaries, you would think I was very charmed by this. And Meg was like, all right, <laughs> Grinch hat's about to come on a little bit. Reverse it. It's the opposite. I fucking loved this book. I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It was, I think, this is the first Julie Murphy I've ever read. Mm -hmm. So I can only speak for Sierra Simone in a context beyond this book. I just don't think we have the same taste in situations or sexiness. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because I also have never read a Julie Murphy, like, soul-authored book. Uh, My understanding is that she writes young adult mm -hmm. romance. So she has never written like a sex scene. Okay. So uh, I do believe that I could be wrong, but my understanding is the situations and a lot of the humor and the relationship is probably both authors, maybe even veering more Julie, but the sexy stuff is more Sierra. Okay. But that's just my feeling. But those are, that's how I think it is. It's a logical inference. It's a logical inference, yes. Okay, so I want to be very clear though. I enjoyed reading this. It's not that I did not like it. Yeah. But I will be the one who says, I liked this and I didn't love this as much. Meg is pretty much just over the moon. So even though she's the one who had a criticism in her summary and I didn't. Well, it's because it, we will talk about it actually. It's not even a criticism. Like, that's not a criticism. To say everyone's really dumb? Yeah, they're okay. just kind of dumb. Okay. But, like, I loved it. <laughs> okay. Tropes. It's a celebrity romance. It is. So, sh she's a porn star. And he is an ex-boy band member. <laughs> Guys, I normally, like, honestly, I don't even like celebrity romance. And yet, this specific one, it got me. It got me. This is a workplace romance. <laughs> obviously they're meeting on this movie set and this workplace because it's the nature of a film right is filming does not last forever yes. unlike tv shows where it can go on forever so they they are meeting and everything about this relationship has to happen within the three weeks on set yes so it's essentially forced proximity yes in addition to workplace yes now there's this trope that i don't even know if it's actually a trope if it's not then it it should be. I mm -hmm. think it kind of is. And it's that they each have lusted for each other from afar. Right. And so when they get together, it's like their fantasy come to life. Yes. And I I think I've read this before. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like particularly often used as a trope, but I think it is. I think one-sidedly, I think it does exist a lot. Like someone is like, oh, I've he doesn't know I exist, but I have a giant crush on him. I don't know. I think the closest in historicals, because again, that's mm -hmm. our main frame of reference, would be the little sister and the brother's best friend, mm -hmm. where oftentimes it is reciprocal in some capacity, yeah. but for the reasons of the shared affection for the brother or yeah. 
an age gap or whatever, whatever. it's not acted on or by like one of them has a crush and then gives up on it yeah. and then the other gets the crush. Right. I, like, I think it is more common than you are alluding yeah. to. I, I really happen to like it mm-hmm. a lot because I guess I just really like the establishment that like that established baseline of attraction for each other. Sure. I like that. No, I, I think especially in a book with this premise, sort of lust being a given mm-hmm. made certain things flow a lot better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any other specific tropes? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> welcome to made-for-TV Christmas movies and my essentially second job Yes, during the month of December. Yes. Um, so he, the plot of this Christmas movie is hilariously trite and there are a lot of comparisons made between porn and Christmas movies yep. in the level of like formulaic yes. reuse of the same plot lines. Yep. It's just a question of explicitness and how much you're selling the romance. And I thought all of that was pretty well done. Oh my gosh. I, I loved it. Should we move into the, I think we're moving towards quality here, right? We are, but I'm about to list some specific. Okay. Ones. Here. <laughs> what are the tropes? Tell me, Lane. Tell me. Um, Time travel invi- involving aristocracy, mm-hmm. some degree of saving a small town, mm-hmm. um, some degree of being left at or running away from the altar on your Christmas wedding day, mm-hmm. um, dramatic horseback riding. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to point out on the flip side of it, coworkers who have essentially adjoining rooms, right? So they can hear the <laughs> other and like imagine fake things the other person is doing. Um, Sex in costume. Yes. (laughs) And I think in especially movie star romances, the dynamic between the crew and the cast. Mm -hmm. She's also, he's the anything for my mom and sister. Yeah. Uh, And she is the completely liberated. Yeah. Grew up in a queer household. She's bi, he's bi, everyone she knows is bi. Yeah. Essentially. Um, I think there were more by characters than straight characters in this book. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Because even like he talks about one of his former bandmates and current best friends is a one on the Kinsey scale, but yeah. he's still fooled around with dudes. Yeah. So like everyone in this book is by. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is fine. I mean, again, that's where it gets into this is just the, like the medieval romance we read. It's like gay nirvana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, th- to a degree, it's just like, fine, this is a universe in which everyone is queer. Yes, yes. I I think that's, for me, what made this book work. Okay. Is that it is set in an alternate universe. Like, it is explicitly set, maybe not ex- implicitly set mm-hmm. in an alternate universe. For example, one of Nolan's, he was like the bad boy of the boy band. Mm-hmm. One of the bad boy things that he did was in the Winter Olympics in Duluth, mm-hmm which I fucking loved. Mm-hmm. He was just attending like to watch the Olympics, right? It's unclear. Well, he was there, okay? He was, maybe he was performing at a right. thing. We don't really know. He was there and um, he got caught in a, in a quad, orgy. an orgy, <laughs> thank you. I was like, were there three people? Were there four people? There were four, were there people. four people. There were three dudes and one woman. Um, they were all ice skaters or something. It was, no, it was a hockey player. No. <laughs> she was an ice skater. She was a figure skater. Yeah. 
the two European guys were speed skaters. Skaters! They were all skaters! No one was a hockey player! <laughs> well, they were all ice skaters. I knew that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he got photographed leaving an orgy mm-hmm. in a very damning position. Yes. But, so for me, at least, that was what partly made this work. I think where it didn't work for me, it's this bisexual absurdist fantasy where he lost all of his money because his manager lied to him. And so now he has mounting medical debt and serious interpersonal problems with his family Mm -hmm. and former bandmates. Yes. Shit was this extremely dark. Yes. Thrown in as very much not the A plot, like just sort of under the surface. Right. Um, And they're doing this for the Hope channel, which is clearly meant to be Hallmark channel. And a lot of the fallout has to do with this conservative Christian Mm -hmm. United States Christmas projection. So like, yes, the set is this fantasy community, but it's not like you can pretend it's not the real world. No, it is the real world, but it's a different version of the real world. Sure. It just, to me, it was not the absurd, like the absurdist setting that you felt like it was. Well, I don't know if I thought it was absurdist. I just felt that I was able to accept that in this world, there is an ethical porn producer. Right. I could not. Okay. That's where I'm like, I no part of that was believable in a way that made my brain turn off and say, fuck it, I'll just enjoy this. So like the producer, for example, the producer of this film is... Uncle Ray Ray. Uncle Ray Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like the perfect porn producer name. Uh Uh-huh. And as soon as you hear that, you're like, God, he's a fucking creep. It's also funny because everyone involved in porn, well, at least Teddy, Uncle Ray Ray, and B slash Bianca are using their real names to go (laughs) legit. Yes. But we're only using extremely thinly veiled stage names in porn. This is what I mean by they were really dumb. Like, they just thought that they would get away with it. (laughs) But but here's the thing, guys. I'm not going to give away what exactly happens, Mm -hmm. but the book deals with that. They're like, the book lets them be stupid. Yes. And they don't get away with it. Right. Like, no, of course people who watch Hallmark movies also watch porn. Right. You know, like they're not two discreet audiences. <laughs> and I'm sorry. People who are obsessed with G-rated Christmas movies are also interested in NC-17 Christmas sex? <laughs> who are these people? Who are these people? I've never heard of them. <laughs> but like that's, that yeah. to me, that's what, that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, there was never a chance that they were going to get away with this. Right. Right? And, and that for me was, it worked. Good. Okay. What didn't work for you, Lane? Well, no, I want to compliment sandwiches here. Okay. okay. This is, I want to say I liked this. <laughs> um, the setting is this small town in Vermont that has essentially made an industry out of being the setting for made-for-TV Christmas movies. It's amazing. And again, not to toot my own horn, but I am a connoisseur <laughs> of the mass-produced Christmas extravaganza every year. And there are literally, like chateaus and castles that are in every single (laughs) one from a different angle like so this idea that this one town has like totally commercialized it and taken advantage of their christmas reputation is great and not only that but the whole town's bought in even outside of the movie sets so like 
the strip club is named the North Pole. Yes. Like stuff like that. The setting of the book, specifically the film set, really worked for me. I love like, it. Talk about just Christmas drizzle. Right. It was perfect. It was, I mean, I loved it too. So I loved it too. My biggest problem with this book and the thing I could not get past is that I felt like this book was a male fantasy and not the female, a female one. And I've talked before about how one of the reasons I struggle to read queer romance is because I think often it's not about the female gaze anymore. And it's not about feminism or liberation. Like, look, don't get me wrong. I see all the feminist problems in the genre, but ultimately it's a woman's pleasure being centered. And this book is literally about a girl who had a crush on a celebrity to the point that all she fantasized about was fucking his brains out. And a guy who has a crush on a porn star who is super into sex, who is a porn star because she loves fucking. And she comes, they meet and he's like, oh my God, you are literally cooler in person than you were in my fantasies. And by cooler, I mean even more down to fuck. (laughs) Like this was a male fantasy. This was the way, in my mind, the way men think the hottest women are just waiting to fuck them. And porn stars would love them just as much in real life. And if a girl is gonna see him of war, she is gonna be a sex five times a day kind of person. And I didn't really feel like it was that much of a feminine fantasy. I hear what you're saying. I think for me, if I am going to read a book where the female main character is a porn star, Mm -hmm. it has to be something like this. Mm -hmm. I either the ones that I've read in the past have been like, absolutely like, I can't, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Either they went like full, you know, dark, right you know, she's a porn star because this is the only thing she can do. And right. now she's like stuck in the industry and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Or it's more of a male fantasy than this was. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, because B does have preferences and she does have people that she wants to have sex with more than others. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of agency about the films that she, that she signs on to. And her, it's not only fans. I forget what it's called in the book. It's only fans, whatever. It, it's only fans, but it's called something else in the book like she does most of it solo Mm -hmm. and to me i was like okay that no she doesn't do most of it solo she does what you see on the page solo her only fans yeah but even the porns that sort of get talked about a lot of i thought this was a choice that i sort of struggled with Mm -hmm. and again you are right this is the exact right way to do it to get people to empathize with like porn is not a negative social construct. But for me, I struggled with, you're only gonna talk about the one good producer, mm-hmm. even though you're trying to celebrate her sex positivity and her, her agency, her discussions of actually having sex with other people are going to be very fleeting mm-hmm. on the page. And even though one of minor spoilers she's thinking about her career Mm -hmm. all through this book and whether or not she still wants to do porn and if so, in what capacity. And obviously given that they're discussing having a relationship, part of that is how he feels about Mm -hmm. the fact that her profession might be fucking other people. Right. And the book makes a big deal out of, I recognize your professional life is separate from your personal life and you don't take sex that 
to be something that has to be exclusive right. or whatever. But when you get to the ending, she's not fucking other people. So it just, it sort of wanted its cake and to eat it too. I felt oh, like. a hundred percent. You're absolutely I, not wrong about that. Of course they, it, I it wanted to have its cake and eat it too. Well, and this is where like, I'm going to be preluding how I felt about the sexiness. Like this is where the book fell short for me. The setting was awesome. The like porn star and the high school teen heartthrob was so much fun, but it's when the book tried to talk about sex and porn that it lost me. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I liked about it too is that it it didn't, in my opinion, it mm-hmm. didn't try to make pornography to be like empowering inherently, right. which is something that I cannot stand, mm-hmm. like cannot read, even in an alternate universe would not believe. Right. This wasn't like sex work as feminism. Right. It was just sex work as a career be really liked. As that this is what B chose to do right. and her, you know... That's the thing, too, I liked about it. Like, she didn't keep it a secret from her parents. Mm -hmm. What's really tough for her in this book is that she is having to keep it a secret. Right. From the world. Right. Even though she doesn't, like, she's never wanted to. Right. So, anyway. So, thing I also fucking loved. The way the conflict was resolved throughout this book, but specifically their first fight, Mm -hmm. it's not a question about who was right or wrong. It's a question about how actions made each other feel. And I felt like their conversations around it were really productive. Mm -hmm. When conversations didn't happen immediately, it was because of like an external thing, not because they didn't want to talk to each other. At no point was anyone ignoring calls or interpreting the worst and not immediately contacting the person. Loved it. Really, really enjoyed the way they handled conflict resolution interpersonally. I totally agree with you. I love that there was no miscommunication. Yes. I I love even when there was a chance for it, it was resolved very quickly. Yep. Just really great. Yep. I really loved that whole dynamic. I didn't love. So Nolan's personal circumstances are his father died, mm-hmm. um, left his family in debt. Nolan also, as I mentioned, I think earlier, his manager of the boy band absconded with all of their money. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't have any wealth. Right. Essentially from his teen stardom. His mother has bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. um, And he's got a 16 year old sister who in some ways has had to like parentify. Mm -hmm. And he feels a real obligation to take care of them. The way his mother's illness was presented... I liked the way his mother was presented. Nolan was very clear to center her as a person first and someone with an illness second, but the way bipolar disorder was presented, didn't love. And specifically, he took this job to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. That was like the number one reason he wanted to rehabilitate his career. Some things happen while he's gone. And the whole point is supposed to be that his mother and sister are more capable than he gives them credit for being. They are better able to handle things. But every time something goes a little bit wrong, they call him having a panic attack. He feels the need to answer it. And then they immediately yell at him for theorizing that he then needs to come home to take care of the problem because it's just another lesson for them to lecture him on how they're capable. I thought all of that was really manufactured. I, I 
didn't think that that did not his relationship with his family in terms of how it was impacting him on set did not work for me at all. I think it was talking about both sides of its mouth in a way that I found really cringy. That's fine. Did not strike me. To be, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> this is a spoiler of something that did not happen that is never even alluded to happen. <laughs> so like, it's not a spoiler. I truly thought the ending was going to be he became a porn star. Because <laughs> I was just like, his problems are all money related. His problems are, I want money and I want to fuck this porn star and maybe have a real relationship with this porn star. To me, the obvious solution was, okay, Nolan, do porn. <laughs> sell, your, sell your sex tape. It's never offered like it's never on the page as a possibility but i just really thought that's where the book was going oh let's see oh yes i i actually also i think i already talked about this but mm -hmm. i just want to point it out i really love how the final mm, scandal or conflict came about yes because i remember as the thing that precipitated it was happening as i was reading the book mm -hmm. i was like no fucking way i was like come on sierra and julie like you cannot be doing this you know there's no way this doesn't have consequences I was like there's no way this doesn't have consequences and i was not sure that the authors were going to allow it to have consequences but it did and it it like really pleased me yeah like made me very happy and i was like ah it's like of course this came out yeah idiots that's what I mean by they were stupid because they were dumb, but like lovably dumb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I will say everyone in this book, with the exception of maybe one character, mm -hmm. had good intentions. Yeah, I like it. Well, yeah, there's like two characters, but and but they're not even evil. There's no, no. villain in this. No, book. no, no. There's no villain. But the characters that you are actually seeing on the page are largely well-meaning. Yeah, exactly. Even Uncle Ray Ray, especially Uncle. Ray Ray. <laughs> All right, uh, content warnings. I got three big ones. Okay. The first, fat shaming. So she is plus size, as the book jacket alludes to, and especially when the scandal sort of starts to brew, everybody goes for her as a fat girl, and she has a lot of internalized feelings about the way she's been treated professionally and personally because of that her whole life. Mm -hmm. So clearly, she is meant to be a very empowered character, yeah. and like she is not defined yeah. by her size. It is on the page. It's, it's, it's on the page. I personally thought it was well handled. Sure. Um, I appreciated it for what it was. But yeah, be aware. Two, her career gets started because a classmate threatens to leak nudes. Yeah. And so while she is underage, she leaks her own nudes essentially yeah. to get ahead of the revenge porn. Mm -hmm. And three, in the book, a sex tape of a secondary character is leaked. And my problem with both the underage revenge porn and the sex tape leak is that I felt like the it was treated like the problem was the repercussion. Mm -hmm. Like this has been leaked and therefore it will hurt their career mm -hmm. rather than the problem being it was a violation of privacy. That it was leaked. And their choice. Like it was this, oh no, it sucks that this happened because it'll hurt his business. Not it sucks that it happened because he didn't fucking ask for it. And I, so for, while I do feel like the fat shaming and her career and her identity was handled very well, I actually thought the sex leak and the underage revenge porn was handled kind of poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, I mean, content warning, I think it's obvious she is a sex worker. 
Oh my god! I didn't even think to put it because it was just so I know. obvious. Well, I mean, like, I guess it can't be a content warning because it's in the book jacket, right. so it's like you have the note right, right. there. <laughs> but you know, she's a sex worker. There's a lot of porn industry talk yeah. and stuff like that in the book. If you are like not interested in reading anything that uh, is positive about the sex industry, like don't read this book. Yeah. Oh, and his mom has bipolar disorder and his sister's been parentified. Yeah. So. Uh, Oh, and there's um, one of his former bandmates recently lost his wife. Yeah. Very traumatically. And there's some depictions of grief that are very short. Very short. But but there. Yeah. Like if, if you're, you know, if you are a widow or widower then be aware that, that I guess that could possibly be triggering, yeah. especially if you're not expecting it. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, this is largely a fluffy, funny tongue in cheek book. And then it just has these pops of real heavy mm-hmm. stuff that is yeah. not dwelt on at no. all, but there is more than you would expect uh, yeah. on the content. I agree. Front. Uh, sexiness. I, I, okay. I'm going to be honest. There were certain things that I thought were very sexy mostly solo sessions which are I don't know why I always find these more sexy than like I got always. two okay the church it's hot the church was hot it's hot the church was hot <laughs> everything else was either a little too over the top for me or we all know that I get really caught up in like what the characters are thinking about when they're having sex if it's not just yeah. having sex and how in love yeah. they are yeah. yeah in her case she thinks a lot about the sex she has professionally uh. As if she is having it to get off. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense, right? Because they want to differentiate between the sex she's having just for her and the sex she's having for camera. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is it took me out of the moment because she's thinking about work essentially in the middle of the sex scene. And it was one of the moments for me that felt very male gazing. So, but I, I want to say too that the sex is just really fun. Like mm-hmm. they have these like little funny elements. For example, <laughs> like everything is Christmas themed and Christmas notch. So they have gingerbread flavored lube, which sounds horrible and is horrible, and yet they still use it because it's all they have. <laughs> I just want to say she also has a suitcase full of sex toys that does not get used. I was going to say this is like Chekhov's. Fake sex toys here. But it never goes off. Yeah, Chekhov's exactly. gun goes off. I know. That's the thing. What's the thing that doesn't happen? Uh, oh, fuck. I know what it's called. Hold I on. know. It's not a mulligan. It's no. a... MacGuffin? MacGuffin. Thank you. <laughs> it's this MacGuffin sex toys. It's, Mac- it's a suitcase. Yes. Full of MacGuffin sex toys. And I just would like to say, if you're not going to use it, don't put it on the page. I agree with you. I agree with you. But in general, the sex was... was funny i i th- would say it started funny and then like got progressively more serious and and slightly angsty didn't like the last sex scene since we're counting this as part of the christmas novella bonanza lane what is the candy cane rating for this book here's the thing usually candy cane ratings are both a reflection of the christmasiness but also kind of how much i liked them yeah this is a five out of five yeah because it's a Christmas town. They both come from families that are obsessed with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas traditions are talked about. It's every trope of a made-for-TV Christmas movie I have ever fucking loved. Mm-hmm. Like, even the talk about the last line. Like, 
everything about this novel centers Christmas in a way that even though it was not my favorite, it was a perfect encapsulation of Christmas. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't get to contribute to the candy cane rating, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like you were waiting for me to dock a point just because of my own preference, but I'm not that person. I can be objective about this. <laughs> I was like, what is she going to rate this? I was like, this is objectively a five. <laughs> if you ever wondered about my professional integrity, five out of five. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you can find Potris.